0: Hello, shiny friends. Welcome back to Ignite Your Spark with me, Kim Doc selby I have a question. Do any of you know about Akashic Records? As always, I have a real treat in store for you today. My guest is Shannon Cobes, and she is so intriguing, as is her background and the gifts that she brings to the world. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, and then we'll get right into it. Shannon has a double master's in cognitive and social psychology and worked for four years on a PhD in ecological community psychology, Uh uh-huh, before returning to her (laughs) metaphysical roots. Oh, my gosh. Shannon, you are such an amazing human. All that education you have. (laughs) Thank you and welcome. But I want to say one more thing, that you are a certified advanced Akashic record practitioner. You're a master Reiki teacher. And what I love on your website that you say, that gives a little insight into your personality is, you've taken a ton of other trainings and certifications because you tend to intellectualize the crap out of everything. (laughs) Yes, absolutely I do. (laughs) And that brings us to you today. Welcome. Thank you for agreeing to be my guest. As you know, I'm honored.
1: I am so, so thankful and humbled to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You have such an interesting background. And before we dive into what got you to where you are today, I'm going to ask you, as I do my guests, what ignites your spark?
1: You know, the thing that ignites my spark, is knowing that that spark is never out. That spark is never dim. That spark is never hiding somewhere in the darkness. That spark is always present. As long as you can find your way back to yourself, you can find your way back to your alignment, your core, your being, your essence, that spark is always present. And if you just take a moment to just sit still, center yourself, Breathe. Feel your heart. You'll know that that spark is never out.
0: Beautifully said. I. That is exactly exactly how I feel. And you just were able to verbalize it so much better than I can. Thank you for sharing that because I know that that will touch people. I know that everybody has that spark inside.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: thank you, Shannon. You had some horrible things happened to you as a child, and then as an adult. And can you share a little bit about your story? Because it's always fascinating to me, out of diversity comes light as well out of the shadows and darkness come the light. And share what you want with our listeners.
1: So basically, I grew up, I'll tell you a little bit about also the background of how I kind of stepped into this role later on in life, my metaphysical roots, so to speak. But I grew up with what I call a very magical mom, and that we were always looking for the fairies. And whenever there was something going on in life, we were out doing moon manifestation dances. And whenever I was six, she was picking herbs. And before I could even drive, she made sure that I knew how to clear my energy to handle the energy that was going to be on the road. She got me my first Echo Tarot when I was in middle school, and so she really opened me up to the world of the unseen and to really trust in my inner being. Unfortunately, um, at the same time, I really didn't value that because I'd had so many other life experiences that a lot of my family members were um, unaware of from as far back as I can remember, which I know goes before kindergarten to about the age of seven. I was sexually molested by my great grandfather numerous times. Um, and then later on, at the age of 12, I was also raped by a very close friend. And so I had these two sides of me, I had a side to me that was very much, stay quiet, stay small, live in the sphere, And then I had a side that was, be yourself, be expressive, you're safe, you can do this. And I didn't quite understand how that all Work together as a whole, or how that created a whole being. And so, I basically was like, "Mom, you're weird. I don't understand anything that you're doing. Your moon manifestation dance did not help me pass my history test. So, I'm going to put all of that aside and I'm going to stuff it down, and I'm going to shut off all of my sensitivities and all of my empathic abilities and all the things that make my heart wide open, because I'd also experienced all this other stuff in my life. And I'm going to go full into Trying to protect myself the best way I knew how, which was, you know, through self-numbing, self-harming, obviously intellectualizing and going through a lot of school and trying to just figure out the best way that I could be me, whatever that meant. And then later on, when um, I was accepted into one of the top PhD programs for violence against women, I was, again, sexually assaulted. And this time it was by a stranger. And it really fit the ideal rape scenario. I had all the resources available to me. I was working with, you know, the chief of police. I was working with the sexual assault nurse examiners at the hospital. I was helping build community coalitions to make sure survivors could, you know, make their way through a system and not be re-victimized. And then when it happened to me, everything that I pushed down, everything that I tried to make sense of in my own intellectualizing way, came back up to the surface. And it was a time in my life in which I really, it's like you hit rock bottom again and again and again. Obviously, I figured trying to figure this out on an intellectual level was not what I needed. And so I did years of therapy. I did years of coaching. I did years of all these other modalities because I kept finding myself hitting the same place after I left my phd program I went I worked in the consulting world I lost my job hit the same place I got involved with an abusive relationship again I'm on the floor crying every time I tried to find outside validation the world would knock me on my feet again and I'd be in that curled position why me why again What am I not doing right? And so it really took me time to see that all of my focus on this outside expression was not where the light was. All of my focus on trying to find the answers in a book or go to a workshop or listen to a therapist or a coach was not where the light was. The light was within me the entire time, and I just need to get back in touch with that. I just need to get quiet, sit still, sit with the dark spot, sit with the pain and be present for it and love that part of me because nobody else would but me. And that's how I came back to where I'm at now.
0: Shannon, that is so powerful and I want to thank you for sharing that because I know that you've probably shared this over the years, but I also imagine I have been fortunate enough not to have that experience, but I imagine that it brings it up every time you have to verbalize it. So thank you for sharing that. I also believe that, and many people do not, and many people do. I also believe that we come to earth to learn certain lessons. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and clearly (laughs) you, 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 you got hammered with whatever the lesson of going inside, you know, believing in yourself and what you have, you, you just kept getting shut down, but yet you were able to ignite your spark, whether it was through intellectualizing, because that was your path. Mm
1: -hmm. You had to
0: go through that to get to where you are today.
1: Absolutely.
0: But, but to me, you are a remarkable I can say that's remarkable person because you were able to ignite your spark from within when these horrible incidences happened to you, especially as a child, did you tell anyone or did you just keep it inside?
1: No, um, I did tell. I did tell when I was very young and um, it was interesting because I was actually with my great father great-grandfather at the time, and a commercial came on TV, and it was the first time I'd ever seen something that said, you know, it had Webster, I don't know if you remember Webster (laughs) from back in the day, running across, like, the word stop in big, bold letters, and it was the first time I'd heard something in my, in my world that kind of put up the, like, red flags to me, because I'd been so groomed and so programmed for this other, this other life, And so I stood up that day and my little fist in a ball and started yelling and screaming. And, you know, my mother's, my grandmother's there. And, you know, obviously my great grandmother's there. And I basically got pulled aside and was like, you don't talk to your elders that way. There was another time when I was actually hospitalized because of the abuse. And again, the question was, well, what did you do?
0: Even in the hospital, even by doctors or nurses and practitioners who are supposed to be out for the Betterment of a child,
1: and this is you know, it's it's like oh well, the child was just exploring with this or like this is you know, there was still questions around that. And the same thing when I was sexually assaulted at the age of twelve, and I then had to go, I went to the hospital, I had a a rape kit done at the ER, and again when I met with the police afterwards, the police were very much like, well, you knew this individual, here's the circumstances, this isn't like, again, there was doubt on the victim's part. And even for my own family members, there's pushback on that. And so for me, it really was, which is one of the reasons why I intellectualized I went into a PhD program that focused on changing systems to support victims, because I was so like, this is not going to happen to somebody else. This is not on my watch going to happen to anybody else. And then when again, it did, I realized that there's so much more to be unpacked there.
0: And so it's like, yeah, you, you really, I mean, the fact that I, I, I just like, if anybody doesn't believe we're here for lessons, this is the perfect example. And your biggest takeaway was to go in and listen to yourself. I mean, you were just, it's not like you were, you know, a street walker. It's not like you were doing something bizarre. You were on the educational path to help other women in the situation in and you had found yourself as a young girl and now it happens to you again. When this happened to you at 28? is that when you stopped the PhD program? Absolutely. I, well, actually, I continued
1: with it a little bit afterwards because you know there was just such a like I'm gonna muster through this. like you know this is the, my, my life's work. This is the re- I was like, this is the reason why I'm doing it. I can't I can't stop my life's purpose. You know but then I saw very quickly that like my emotional health eroded, eroded away my physical health eroded away like all the things that you try to you know put a blanket over when you try to push through something without processing something just kept coming back up so I was like yeah there's no way there's no way
0: and and was this a pivotal moment that you just said okay universe I get it I'm supposed to be going back to my metaphysical roots All of the quote unquote woo woo things that my mother instilled Mm -hmm. in me as a young child, I need to embrace. So, you are clearly a light worker. I know that some of my listeners know what light workers are, some of them don't. I have read many things about how we all have chosen to incarnate at this time to share gifts because so many people need your kind of healing energy. But back to after you. Finished, you stopped. What was your next step when you said, okay, I'm done. I get it, universe, there's more. (laughs) (laughs) What did you do then?
1: (laughs) You know, again, I started, I started very slowly. I started back with breath work, you know, I started back with meditation. I started back with reading all the books and all this. And it's interesting because even though you may open yourself up a little, sometimes you'll fall back into an old pattern. Right. And my pattern then was to try to find the job that would give me the validation that I was seeking, that would allow me to help others, would allow me this outside expression, which, of course, the universe said, nope, that's still not the way. <laughs> Let's take that out. Nope. Nope. <laughs> try again. <laughs> you know, and then you're like, oh, man, I did it again. I was I was trying to do it this way. Ah, oh, you know, Um and that's okay. That's that's part of our that's part of our journey. And um yeah, and so I just continue to try to lean farther into like the next step of love. What would the next step of love for me look like? How can I be a little bit softer with myself? Oh, I made some bad decisions there. I got very comfortable in a very, you know, codependent bad relationship. Oh, let's learn from that. Let's put that on the plate now. Oh, here's something that relates to how I was people-pleasing along the line. That relates to how I was groomed as a child. Oh, let's unpack that. Let's come to terms with that. And so little by little, it was always just a continual unpacking of the layers that we kind of put upon ourselves and, you know, the the programming that we have as a child or the environment that we're surrounded in. And keep pulling yourself back to that light. Keep pulling yourself back to that alignment. Keep pulling yourself up. What is my truth? What but Shannon,
0: you are still relatively young to be able to <laughs> embrace this knowledge and embrace embrace this way of being. And were you working at the time? When did you did you start with Reiki? And is getting your Reiki training? Did you mm-hmm. start by receiving Reiki and then figuring out that this is your path? Yeah, I started. You know. Like I said, it was a little bit of this
1: here, a little bit of that here, peppering throughout. With Reiki, you know, I'm very grateful for my experience with Reiki. I've had several Reiki teachers that put me on this path. When my first Reiki teacher that I had, I, I got a session with Reiki, and I could immediately start to feel the energy move back in my body. You know, it brought me back to my body, which is where a, is where a lot of the healing needed to be, right? was in my body. Through studying Reiki, and in particularly, the first teacher I had with Reiki, I learned a lot because I was like, oh, this person's in the metaphysical world. This person's in the healing world. This means they must have my best interest at heart. They do healings all the time for people. Oh my God, they. this is who I'm going to trust. I'm going to put my outside trust into this person now. I'm going to listen to everything they say. Yes,
0: You know, right? Like,
1: ah, oh, there, there's the answer now.
0: <laughs> I've done yeah. that. I I've done I, that. You, you were giving your power away again.
1: Exactly. again, I did it. you know and unfortunately it was it taught me a great lesson. The universe taught me a great lesson in discernment again <laughs> and again, where does my power really lie? You know it's like I kept let's put it in the job, let's put it in the, in the boyfriend. let's put it in this energy teacher. let's put it over here. nope, nope try again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's try again. And so again, that put me on the path of, of going into the Reiki healing and studying that deeper and then finding multiple teachers and knowing that there's no one right way to lead you down the path, because it'll redirect you when you need to. <laughs> it will be redirected in some way, shape or form. And so the more that you can just kind of like, okay, I'm along for the ride, and I'm going to take what I learn and keep going.
0: (laughs) You really got hit on the head a lot. I mean, it's, I feel like, you know, there's this big golden globe over your head going, wake up, Shannon, wake up. Let's get you on the right track.
1: (laughs) I know, I know, I know. And I wish I could have been one of those people early on, you know, it was like, oh, oh," you know, but I, I, obviously I like to have many experiences. I, I like to have many learning opportunities. And I'm truly somebody that I feel that my presence now embodies that breath of experience and that I can hold that space for many people because of what I've gone through. And um, I'm just extremely grateful. I'm so thankful for my path, for the people along the way, for everything that I've gone through. I'm so ridiculously grateful for it.
0: And that right there is a lesson that we need to not look at those horrible experiences in the past and hate them and surround them with black darkness. We need to Mm -hmm. say, thank you for the learning. Thank you for what you have taught me. Thank you for where you have gotten me today. And it's wonderful. I really want that message out there in the world. I want people to to look at your story and understand (laughs) that the light Never went out. There was a little tiny spark still inside Always of you. Always
1: there. Always yeah. there.
0: Always there. Do you think it was there because of the way your mother raised you? Do you think that, I mean, I think you were born with it, but I also feel that she probably gave you that gift, even if the moon dance didn't give pass your history <laughs> test. I grew up with a magical mother too, so I understand that. It was not quite in that, we're a different generation, so it was not quite of that era, but it was a very old based in spiritualism way of being mm-hmm. which really helped me ignite my spark and do you think that that was a long way of getting around because I <laughs> talk a lot to you asking you do you feel that that metaphysical beginning with magic mama might have helped that spark
1: oh i absolutely i absolutely do and that's why whenever i whenever i talk about who i am or or my story i always give props to my mom just because um if it weren't for her constant love and support in that area, I don't think it would have clicked later on. And I also truly believe like, if you look at pictures of me when I was a baby, like I have a picture of me on, on my website. I have a, I should, I'll actually send it to you. Like I look like I come in with a purpose. Like I am straight face, like let's go world, like bring it. <laughs> so it's funny when you actually like look at like who I was as a child and the descriptions of, you know, my elders of how I acted as a kid you know, the initiation into this world, you know, through my mother's teachings, and then kind of my own exploration um, of it later on, you you really do get to be like, oh,
0: it's been there all, all along. Now, was there a father present in your life as well? There was both of I come from a very long
1: line of janitors. So both my father and my mother were janitors, grandparents, janitors. Um, so everybody was always working a lot. And a lot of times, when um, I was very young, if there wasn't somebody to stay home with me or if there wasn't a relative for me to stay at, I would actually go to these job sites with them and you know hang out in the conference room or wherever it was. And I'm bringing this up only just because, again, talking about how sometimes the world around you is so distorted. I would go to these office buildings and they would actually have sometimes child pornography in their offices, which would then reinforce. I know, right? I I, Honestly, like sometimes I look back and I'm just like, this is just so funny to me. Just how much of the world just reinforced a lot of the abuse that I experienced as a child. And so that's why I didn't have a lot of stability. When I was with family members or doing something like that, again, it wasn't like a, a normal looking environment a lot of love, a lot of love. But along with that, of course, there's other things that that sometimes come into into play with that.
0: Wow. I have to say that's the first time I've ever heard anybody say I come from a long line of janitors. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's perfectly reasonable line of work. It's not that there's anything wrong yeah. with that, but I've just never, yeah. it struck me as a little humorous, but I have a question. <laughs> what, huh, what decade was, what timing was this? This was in the eighties. Yeah. I guess that makes sense that yeah. there was still, I know. yeah, I know you were me too, younger than anybody I've ever spoken with. So, and then continually me too. it's just shocking. And I am so happy that you are where you are today because you are sharing your gifts with other people. And that is what people, well, we all need to share our gifts, right? You know, I finally find at age 64 that, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. (laughs) I get it. Sharing the light from other people so that we are all lit, so to speak. (laughs) Exactly. But it takes us a while sometimes. And now I want to jump into the Akashic yeah, Records because yes, I know yes. I've even talked to some of my metaphysical and spiritual friends who are very unclear about the Akashic Records. Tell me, first of all, you might want to give us a little brief of what the Akashic Records are and how you got into it and how you work with them and what how they can benefit us. I want to hear it all. It's so exciting. Oh, my gosh. so <laughs>
1: Oh, so happy. So what the Akashic Records are is the word Akasha is a Sanskrit word that means ether or atmosphere. And if you think about um, across time and across all cultures, there's this belief that somewhere in the ether, in the atmosphere, in another plane, in another dimension, whatever word you want to use, what is happening to us on a soul level is being recorded. So that includes all things in the past, everything that's happening in the present, and even future possibilities. Because we sometimes have a blueprint. We come up with an idea of what we want to experience when we come into this life. We have little touch points and milestones that we want to make sure that we we learn from that's in our blueprint. And so all of that is encased in this field, the Akasha. And so um, what I absolutely love is if you think about the word Akashic Records, Record, it was termed in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and it was developed by Madame Blasky, who studied this ancient knowledge and this ancient wisdom of this field, and she wanted to show people that hey, this is out there. We can all access it. We can have we can tap into this infinite power and this infinite knowledge of our soul. We can talk to our spirit guides and our loved ones and our teachers. We can tap into that. And at the time, if you think about early 1900s, the best way that they could conceptualize something like this massive field with all the knowledge and all the information was a record. The record player was just being invented, right? So they took the term Akasha and the word record because it was a way that people can conceptualize where information could be stored, a record. So that's how the term Akashic Records came to be. It was a way to conceptualize it, a way to understand it, wrap our head around it. If you fast forward to like the 1940s, then we have Edgar Cayce, who also worked in the Akashic Records, right? And the way he liked to describe it was more of like a library. It's All these books, big library where all this information is stored. because again, a library makes sense for that time. If you fast forward now, another way that we can conceptualize the records is like a spiritual Google right we can't see it but it's all there all the information is there you just have to type in the right question to get the answers back <laughs> and so working in the akashic records there's many different ways to do it cross cultures they have many different practices some may use meditation some may use prayer some may use psychedelics some may just you know get centered and just go right on in there some people tap into it in their dream state Myself, what I do is I use what's called a pathway prayer. And when I'm saying the pathway prayer, I'm using your full legal name to access your records. And we're just tapping into your soul's record and we're working with your guides. So that could be spirit guides, that could be master teachers, that could be loved ones who have passed on, that could be everybody on that other side who's there as your support team rallying around for you and helping you learn those life lessons in this. So when we ask questions in the Akashic records and when we have an Akashic record reading, the answers may come from a past life. They may come from the subconscious programming beliefs that we've held on to since childhood that we didn't know we still had. And, you know, it may also come from like our higher team of support that's like, well, you know, really, this is what needs to be
0: worked on specifically for you. Did you have your Akashic records read to you. And is that how you got interested in pursuing that as a line of healing for others?
1: I was at a point in my development where I was really good at listening to my intuition. I had a very, I had a very firm grasp on intuition. I was starting to teach other people intuition development, um how to access their different players, you know, whether that being clairvoyance, clairaudience. But I had wanted a more direct connection with my guide. I wanted a clearer, clearer, higher understanding. And so the word Akashic kept coming up, kept coming up, like the universe giving us those synchronicities for us to listen to, right? It just right. kept coming up. And so when somebody said that, you know, they taught Akashic Records, the minute they said that, it was like something dinged in me, that light turned on, and I was then able to say like, whatever that is, I want to know what that is. I had a twenty minute reading and then from there on I was hooked. I was like, that's it, right there.
0: How did you learn how to read someone's akashic record? I know that's a very basic question, and perhaps it it would take you know much longer than a podcast to describe.
1: <laughs> no, I there's many different there's many different teachers out there. There's a lot of different ways to learn. For me, I started um, reading every book I passed Again, intellectualizing, right? Like let's read all the things. Let's read all the things and take all the training. And so I did that and I found a training and um, I used what's called a pathway prayer by Linda Howe to access the records. And so I started training and it was amazing because the very first time I opened up my records, I'll just tell you about this experience because it really brought it home for me. You know, instead of asking some huge, amazing question, you know, like what's my soul's purpose or, you know, how do I manifest more abundance in my life? Or, you know, why did all these things happen to me? Right? Like instead of going that route, which is a very, you know, you can ask these questions. You can ask the big questions. I was like, hey, I had this really weird dream. <laughs> what was this dream about? Like, I, what was this dream about? I had this weird dream. What was that about? You know? So, you know, big questions, little questions, it doesn't matter. I open up the records and I start to see, I start to see like a fire and I start to see like Native Americans like dancing around the fire and I. I hear the drum beat and I feel the heat of the fire, you know, in my head. I always push back. I always push back. I'm like, oh well, I'm from Sioux City. Like I grew up going to powwows. Ah, I don't believe, ah, you know, like I don't know about this. I was like, if if this is real, I'm always one of those like, if this is real, like you gotta give me some more here, right? Like I push back all the time. And so they're like, all right. Then what they did is I was all I was embodied in this man. And I was holding this woman's face, and she had the most beautiful lines and wrinkles and softness. It's like her whole journey was right there in front of me. And her eyes were that beautiful gray, light blue, you know, from time. And there was just so much love, just so much love that I could feel between us. And the next feeling that came in was pride. And it was a pride for my people, a pride for the land, a pride for my ancestors. There was just so much pride. And I realized in that moment that I had never felt pride in my entire life. I'd never, ever felt pride in my entire life. I never felt, I'd never felt anything like that before. And so when I came out of that That meditation reading that I was doing for myself and my own records, I was like, okay, I get it, you know, and they're like, well, you had this dream because you have a soul lineage to the First Nation people, you have a soul lineage to this, and this is why you had that dream, and I was like, oh, all right, I can't, I cannot deny this, this is way too powerful, the feelings are way too overwhelming, it hits home on so many levels, this is it. And after that first time exploring that in my records, I was like, I want to be able to bring this clarity, this direction, this feeling, this knowing, this higher perspective that connects so many things to other people. This was more than intuition development. This was more than all the other things. This was it for me.
0: When you went into this meditation, something opened up for you. Did you feel... That okay, now I get it. This is what I am meant to explore and give with my life. Very
1: much so. I definitely know that this is part of my soul's purpose. I know that this is the path that I'm on right now. And I know there's many other paths for me that are going to be opening up, as you know, as as they do with life. But for me, working in the Akasha and helping people connect to this beautiful, beautiful field and to help people connect to their guides and their loved ones in this way, it makes my heart explode. That's the best way to put it. I feel so grateful and aligned when I'm doing this work that there is
0: no other truth for me right now. There's
1: many truths, but for me right now, when I'm working in Akasha,
0: that's what it is. That's beautiful. When someone comes to you for an Akashic reading, I know now everything is Zoom, but do you actually see them or you just get their information, their name at birth and their date and all of that? Is that what you use? Do you say the meditation? I forgot what you called it again. The mm-hmm. What did you call it? A, a
1: pathway it? prayer. I call it a pathway prayer. Yeah. A pathway,
0: a pathway prayer. So you can just sit down and you go into a meditation yourself by knowing this person's details. Is that how it works? Basically,
1: you and I, you know, we do a Zoom session. You're on the other end and you give me your full legal name. I say a prayer. Some of the prayer will be said aloud. Some of it will be said silently. I don't need to know your birthday. I don't need to know any of that. And then honestly, it just sounds like a, a conversation. You can describe a situation that you're seeking clarity on. You can describe if there's um, a specific question that you'd like to have answered, something that you need more direction on, something that you're kind of like winged. Choices on it could be a big, it can be small, it doesn't matter. What the main thing is is that you want to ask questions that are like why or how. Like, face it, if we have a database of our soul's record, we don't want yes no questions, that's just boring, right? Like, we want it. I at least I want it. Like, I want to know the deep stuff. I want it. like Let's get in there, let's figure it all out. So, yeah, you just ask questions, and I just I channel directly as it comes through what I see, what I feel, what I hear. Sometimes what I taste, it all just will come through that way.
0: What a gift. It seems similar and yet different to when someone would contact a medium, a -hmm. channel, but it's different because you're accessing, you're going to that data center. All I can picture because I'm old is (laughs) at my university, the big, huge computers in this room that I stayed far away from because they (laughs) overwhelmed me. But in my mind, as you're describing it, I see these huge computers, you know, with tickers coming out, all the information coming Mm -hmm. out on these, you know, cards, as opposed to, it just seems more linear in a way than if someone is just speaking to a deceased relative. Is, is that
1: correct? It's honestly, it feels like a real, to me, I, I always describe it as a really fun conversation between friends, right? Because I'm here, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be turned up on the other side. And I got to tell you, it's so fun that when like, when I'm working with your guides in the Akashic Records, loved ones could come through, but here's the difference between what I do and what a medium does. When somebody wants to say specifically talk to their father, right? That's a good time to go to a medium. Call, call their father forth. When I'm working in your records, your father may come through. But I'm not going to go up there searching for him be like, hey, dad, come on down. What I do is I just open it up to whoever wants to step forward and work with you and help provide you that knowledge. Sometimes it's an ancestor from seven generations back. Sometimes it's an uncle that you never met who had a very similar life experience to you that wants to share that. Sometimes it is, you know, your father who wants to tell you what they never got a chance to tell you when they were here. Sometimes it's a teacher, a master teacher. It could be many things. It could be a collective of guides coming in to support you. The thing is, is that that information on a soul level is going to be communicated to you in a loving, beautiful way. Sometimes a very hilarious way, because just like we have personality, they got personality. (laughs) They come through and You get answers that you would never have ever
0: thought. (laughs) This is great. This is so cool. And what it does is it helps your clients, the people to whom you're speaking. Probably, I'm imagining, take a deep breath and go, oh, that's what it is. Oh, now I can step forward into who I'm meant to be or, oh, I can Mm -hmm. let go of that. That's just my sense of what it is.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's that, it's that greater awareness, right? It's that awareness that, oh, this is why I've been repeating that. Okay. I, I see that now. All right. And again, here's the great thing. We have free will, right? So what we do with that awareness, like the guys tell me things all the time when I'm working the Akashic, and I'm like, I think I'm
0: just going to Netflix and chill tonight, guys. Like, <laughs> you know, it's good that you've gotten to that point in your life because from what reflecting back on what you have gone through and giving your power away and I've done the same thing so I can understand Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to listen to your inner spark saying no no taking a break maybe in the past you wouldn't have you would have just kept going going you know driving through that's an awesome lesson too really to mm-hmm. listen to your own self. Now, I know there are people out there who are going to think that we are completely nuts in discussing <laughs> this and believing this, but you know what? So what? What's the harm? This is not doing anything to harm anybody. It is only for the greater good of mankind and mm-hmm. the greater good of your soul purpose. Well, it is time for us to wrap up, but do you have anything in closing that you would like to share with our listeners? You've shared an enormous amount. I can't even imagine what else you could have to share. But if there is one thing in closing.
1: The one thing that I would say is that the time is now. Now is the time to come back to yourself. Now is the time to hear your voice, to hear your heart to hear your soul. Now is the time for you to find your truth. And I wish you the best in doing that.
0: Well, I received that because I took it directly into my heart as I hope my listeners will. Shannon, I can't thank you enough for this connection. Before we started recording, Shannon and I both had tears (laughs) because we felt this connection so deeply as you do when you are on your life path. And you encounter people because the universe provides when you are in alignment with your truth. And if anybody really wants to get to know Shannon at a deeper level, go to her website, have your Akashic record read. It's indigo-intuition.com. I will also put that in the show notes. From my heart to yours, Shannon, and to all of you beings of light out there, thank you for listening in today. I'm going to say that this episode of Ignite Your Spark was brought to you by the universe. (laughs) I don't have any sponsors. I don't have any people paying to uh, get the word out, but you know what? The universe provided and I am grateful. Thank you all sparklers for listening to me today. I am so blessed. I hope that you are as uplifted as I am after this magnificent conversation about the Akashic Records with Shannon. And may you all light your spark and shine on
1: It's a day and the world is waiting Move along to the song singing in your soul Feel the beat clap your hands that